off-market property, pre-market property, post-market property. What does this all mean? Well, we're going to unpack this for you in today's episode. I'm Arjun Paliwal, Head of Research and Founder at Investigate Buyers Agency, and also your host at the Investigate Podcast. Now, in today's episode, I've got a very special guest. I've known this dude since I was born, or maybe not since I was born, actually, since he was born. He was younger than me. But the key thing here is me and AJ have been together for many, many years and decades. We actually were in the business together at Investigate when we first started this over four years ago, actually coming towards five years now. But why is this important to share? Well, this is a, a special guy that you want to really tune into. He's super humble, very calm in his approach. And in terms of structure, strategy, systems, frameworks, this guy does it all. When it comes to off-markets and pre-markets, it is not this world of, you know, behind the scenes, everything's perfect, everything's special. Many of these deals we actually say no to, which is why they don't represent the majority of purchases at Investigate Buyers Agency. They represent close to 40%. So out of every 10 purchases we make, three or four of these, mainly four, will be off-market, pre-market or post-market. Now, what do these different things mean? Off-market is essentially a deal that's coming to you and not being shared with any other buyer's agents by, or any other buyers, and it's just you and the agent or even you and the vendor in some circumstances. Pre-market is where it's going to hit the portals. There might be a small window, and by portals, I mean real estate domain, things like that. There might be a small window of where you get an opportunity to compete on the property, but with a smaller audience. They're not the big audience that everything online goes through, but they're also not the small audience of just you and the, the seller. There could be a buyer's database from a sales agency. There could be a multiple buyer's agents. These are some pre-market properties where the competition is less, but still exists nonetheless. And it's kind of that sale before the sale type of thinking. Then we have post-market. These are campaigns where they were online, they went through the gist of things, and maybe they haven't had a good luck or a good, good result. And they now are coming to the world of realizing that maybe this isn't going to sell. Sometimes it takes people to go through that whole motion to then sell this off-market, but post-market, and you be able to pick up this property. This is where unreasonable campaigns or sloppy campaigns, bad pest and building reports, finance clauses falling through, and people not keeping the ad up, they go offline and maybe deal it with their database, and at times, you know, happens. It's not as common, but it is a style of sale. So this is where AJ, in this episode, our head of acquisitions, who leads a team of four others in the acquisition team, to basically deep dive into his four secrets and tips around getting off-market, pre-market, post-market properties. These are actionable items. These are things that you're going to be able to take away and really be able to apply, whether you're doing it just for one purchase or whether you're a fellow person in the industry and you're wanting to be the best you can be in building relationships with sales agents. This is the world of professional buying. And you're going to be speaking to someone who's helped just in the last financial year reach over 200 properties purchased at Investigate Buyers Agency. In the last calendar year, close to 300. Why is this important to know? Well, this is where experience, practice, testing, all of that comes together. So it's not just one awesome fluke that a mate had with an off-market property at the barbecue. Good old barbecue examples, right? So this is coming from someone who leads a team that specializes in comparable sales, due diligence, off-market, pre-market, relationship building with agents, field trips, all these different things that we do in Investigate Buyers Agency. Now, at any point during this episode, you'd like to you know, be into this world of off-markets, but perhaps 
not you doing it yourself and you re realize where professional buying can come in and support you to grow or start your portfolio, just jump on to investikit.com.au. Have a chat to the team and we'll be able to see if we're a fit to help you scale your portfolio. We specialize in that. Helping people buy properties three, four, five, and six is not uncommon in our world because we have those formulas that help us find growth areas, rent those properties out quickly, rent them for a good amount, and repeat through unlocking equity, the right buying and the right strategies to grow your portfolio. And at times, off-market, pre-market, post-market, like this podcast episode's all about. So, AJ, Head of Acquisitions, thank you in advance for sharing all this. It was great chatting to you, and let's jump straight in. The world of off-markets, AJ, and I couldn't think of having anyone else better than yourself in this uh, space to talk to about. But, you know, we have some people who drool about the world of off-markets. Other people recognize there's different types of things like off-markets, pre-markets, post-markets, which we'll go through all of them in today's episode. But I guess in this world of off-markets, unlocking them, I know you've got a few tips here around how buyers out there can really start to generate off-markets in their own world, just like we do in the professional world. And on average, I think close to 40% of any property we buy is actually not listed online on your typical portals, real estate or domain and so forth. So um, that just invites everyone to the world of statistics on kind of these properties that are found prior to hitting the market. But AJ, talk me through the first of the four tips in your world around how you go about unlocking off-markets and pre-market property in particular? Yeah, thanks, Arjun. So the first one I've got is um, strategic activity through numbers. And what I mean by that is essentially it's, it's purely just a numbers game. Um, the more people you speak to, the more you're out there and asking for stock and like what's coming and more in the loop, um, more will fall into your hands. Like you've got you to gotta sort of do the work, do the labor and pick up the phones, keep in touch with everyone. And the higher the numbers are, the more, the more effective your... Um, conversion rate and ratios will be. So for instance, um, I've noticed that whenever I make calls throughout the weeks, as soon as I get to around 10 people, 10 to 15 people that I've spoken to, I'll get at least one or two properties that pass our checks that are either off market, pre-market, ticking all the boxes and looking pretty good. But it usually takes me around 10 to 15 people uh, to actually have a conversation. That's a really cool number because... To me, it reminds me of that story of, you know, when you see that meme of someone cracking with the, the pick through the soil and they're trying to get to that diamond and then one person, you know, gets there a little earlier and realize, like, I still haven't gotten through yet. They take their pick, move out, and they're like, no, nah, I'm giving up on this. And the other person just keeps going, keeps going. Because just imagine how many people out there would give up before they even make 10 to 15 calls. Now, 10 to 15 might not sound a lot in the world of sales, outbound, calling. It's actually a small number. But in the world of Mr. and Mrs. Smith having a weekend and got to pick up the phone 10 to 15 times to call agents, they might be, you know, annoyed or kind of upset after two or three, right? When yeah. you just go back to your first uh, days of making the calls, AJ, I mean, how does the first two or three calls feel back then versus today with you having, you know, four plus years in experience in the space? How's that different, right? Absolutely. At first, it may feel like a stab to the heart, but now that you just got to shake it off, 
cross them out and move on to the next one. It's it's they say it for a reason. Like numbers don't lie. Just got to keep at it. Now, when you're calling people, AJ, yeah, cool. Ten to fifteen makes sense, but. Do you have any tips on like who to call, what to consider when calling? Definitely, yeah. So and like you'd have to narrow it down to which suburbs you're interested in, have that list in mind in writing. And then what you should do is target the high performing agents in those in those suburbs. So an example of that could simply just be go to domain or realestate.com. And um, there's a section in there that allows you to, to see which agents have sold how many properties in the last 12 months. And if you target the ones that have sold 20, 30, 35, those are the agents that most likely have more stock coming, um, that, and which can either, they can give you sneak peeks or previews or off-market opportunities to, to see what's coming. So that's that's one of the ways we can increase your chances of receiving stock as well, targeting high-performing agents. On the high-performing piece, it's important that people tuning in recognize that high-performing to us is not getting the best dollar. Mm. You know, we actually want the worst performing agents to be giving us <laughs> off-market properties because they're better for our buyers when we serve them as our buyer's agency. So when it comes to high-performing agents, we're simply talking volume here. We're talking, hey, this person sells more in the areas that I'm wanting to buy than others do. And this is where I'm likely to have a higher chance of success because they've got more stock coming to them for them to sell more because even they have their ratios, right? When they sell 10, they probably had you know 12 to 13 listings, probably had 30 or 40 prospecting meetings or sign-up meetings. However the ratios are for their perspective, it just means that they're getting in front of more people and we want those properties. Now, AJ, it doesn't mean we should ignore everyone on the lower side of listing volumes, mm. but I guess what are the downsides of focusing on the opposite direction, which is just any agent or having a chat with anyone? Well, I've noticed that um, in the early days, I used to just call everyone. I was just trying to figure it out. And in those in those times, I experienced a, uh, a, a couple of scenarios where I'd call agents and be like, oh yeah, I sold that property, but I was really just helping a friend or like I was just helping a friend of a friend. It's not really an area I specialize in. I don't have anything coming up in that area. And they're actually working an hour away from the suburb I'm calling. So it's a matter of time, you know, it, it, to, to save yourself time, to be more productive and channel your energy in the right direction. I, I've noticed that uh, occur in, in the early stages and I kind of just stopped doing it. And I focused on the, the other other agents that would sell a bit more. And I, I noticed that occurrence didn't, didn't happen anymore. Yeah, it's a good point, AJ, because you see, imagine you combine that with the first point of the ratio. And if you didn't have a strategy of where to tactically pinpoint those with the great quantity, what if you're up to that 10th call or 9th call? You're still one call short from that averages of where you get one to two good properties that pass checks. And you give up because you're like, I'm calling all these agents. They're not from the area. They don't do this. They've, they sold it for a maid. They don't have much more stock. This is hopeless. I give up. Yeah. So really good point on that one. Now, do you just do this kind of randomly, ad hoc? Do you do this in a certain structure a day? How are some things that you can, I guess, give some tips from this whole strategic activity through numbers point one in terms of managing their days and being able to get this right? Yeah, the, the final piece to, to the first topic that I would say is that um, time blocks are extremely effective. In this space, when you're picking up phone, phone, like picking up the phone to make phone calls and trying to get stuck, it's easy to get a notification about something else, stop everything and try to do five things at once. But with, with this task, it, it's really valuable to really just channel in, whether it be an hour, an hour and a half, max two hours, uh, but just dedicate as much time uh, as you choose to purely focus on picking up the phone, calling agents, 
and collecting upcoming properties. So time blocking, I would say, is definitely um, important to do. And for those where time perhaps isn't something you're able to put aside or the call quantities or the numbers game, who to target, how to target, these are some of the things that we do when helping clients grow their portfolio, start their portfolio and get access to off markets. Now, when it comes to that, if you're in that boat of, hey, I've got the time, keep tuning in to points two, three, four, because AJ's got some gold here. But if you're here sitting here listening, going, look, I just don't have the time for this. No matter what you guys tell me next, reach out to us, jump on investikit.com.au and uh, have a chat to the team and we can have a free consultation just to understand if we're able to help you with buying property. And of course, you get access to the great team led by AJ and Acquisitions, uh, our head of acquisitions, to be able to help source off market. So, AJ, point number two relationship building with top performing agents. I love relationship building because to me, that sounds like steak, wine, dinners, coffees. Is that really what it's all about, or is there a bit more to it than that? It, it can be that for, for, for some people like yourself, man. But um, for others, it, it, could, it could just be um, I've noticed that seeing an agent face to face to face, shaking the hand and be like, Hey, this is who I am. This is my intention. And and setting up that relationship face to face sort of builds that foundational trust to be like, all right, these guys seem um, serious about what they want to do and sort of, yeah, building that. So um, examples of building relationship building could be like going on trips, meeting them face to face, having coffees, um, even just a simple touch point, like calls, emails, social media, remembering milestones, whether it be birthdays or like a, an agent may have an, a, a milestone or an achievement with, with getting a, a suburb record, um, congratulating them, just, just be, being front of mind and um, really just nurturing. But with this space, like nurturing is, is extremely important because everyone's got a lot happening and it's easy to just forget about it and they may not keep you in mind. So the only way they're going to remember you is if you nurture your name keeps popping up and you sort of just go from there and it becomes a snowball effect i think all the boys are lucky that you're a, a taken man aj not single because all these relationship tips all these you know remember your birthday remember your key dates what are they like what do they don't like meet them face to face i reckon you'd you'd crush it in the dating world aj like you'd have all the all the hacks and strategies for relationship management going here so no, that makes that makes makes a lot of sense, right? In terms of nurturing, it's not just going to be this whole one call gets it done. Are there any kind of helpful milestones as well on the actual purchasing journey? Because I think that's a kind of important part that not many p people factor in. That there are also many milestones in the actual purchase as we go through buying, where you can use these milestones to improve relationships with agents. What are some tips that you've got there? Yeah, you could, you could even make a touch point when it's like an un unconditional or you reach settlement. Call the agent, be like, mate, thanks so much. Uh, I, I reached out to you. You shared this one sneak peek. We got it. We'd love to do more with you. And um, the first experience was, was positive. We'd love to continue that journey. What else do you have coming up? It could be as simple as that. And you'd be surprised how effective it is to be like, oh, yeah, that was really good. And I've got this, this, and this. I've got this two weeks away. I've got this many coming next week. And then here are the addresses. So yeah, definitely like settlement, unconditional, offer accepted, et cetera, like as, as many as you can. We do that a lot because that to me showcases the acknowledgement of when's a good time. Do you know, like, most calls, if not all calls, start off with, hey, it's now a good time to chat. And if that's the case, when it's not a good time, no matter what you say, it's not going to work. So we're positioning ourselves as a business to call agents at the best time. You're unconditional. Agent's got a done deal. It's settled. Agent just got paid. 
Like we understand what's important to the sales agent and we understand how to work in those parameters to the sales agent. And as a result, we then get that reciprocity, if that's even a word, but the reciprocal kind of relationship. So that's where people listening to the tip you've just given, don't underestimate the power of timing, right? If good things happen when it's a good time, that's usually when they start to show up. Good things don't always happen when it's a bad time. So great point, AJ. What's the next tip you've got for us? The next one I've got is um, make the experience of dealing with you convenient for the agent and easier for agents to share stock with you. So what I mean by that is we found that WhatsApp groups are uh, quite convenient. Just a quick message on the WhatsApp. Be like, hey, mate, what do you, what do you have coming up? WhatsApp, for the old people listening, it, it's also quite good for sharing videos, footage without losing quality in audio and visuals as well. So when it comes to walkthrough videos of properties, WhatsApp is a cool platform where you can send videos in, in seconds and it's, it's received. So we'd like to incorporate that as well too. And um, another thing we, we, we really make sure to do is um, share feedback w within the same day. Imagine if you're an agent and you've shared five properties to a company and they take three days to reply and like you're just kind of waiting there. So we really want to make sure we review everything ASAP get back to the agent either with honesty and be like, hey, mate, it's not going to work for these reasons or be like, these are awesome. We're keen to proceed with, with these ones and just notify them and keep that communication up so they know exactly what's happening at what stage and it kind of makes it easier for them too and for them so, so that way they don't have to worry and wonder what's happening. We, we, we notify them, let them know. That communication piece, it's underestimated with how important it is. Essentially, when people are getting these phone calls, I always tell myself, we're not the only ones, right? There are other buyers agents. There could be just regular mums and dads taking time out to call and be in the world of off markets as us buyers agents are. So there's a whole bunch of calls. There's lots of activity happening on their phones. Their memory for some can be like goldfishes. And this is because they have so much activity and stimulus happening in every day of their phone and email and texts and all that sort of stuff, conversations, vendor presentations. So it's not to say they don't remember things that are important, but really someone hammering you for off markets isn't the most important thing to a sales agent. So I think the key part is that communication is what really gets us to that next level of off market activity or pre-market activity. And I really appreciate you sharing that point because that's one of the things we talk about a lot behind the scenes, which is, hey, can we communicate to them within an hour? Like, how is the typical mom and dad going to get, you know, beat, beat us in that world, right? And this is why many people respect the ability to work with us and how that helps. But it's such a key point. We're trying to get the hour rule, two hour rule, because we know that if not us, there's someone else. Obviously, the if not us, there's someone else doesn't matter to us if it's not a property we like or not in the right area, not passing our checks. But if it does pass all that, it matters to us. We want our client to get the right property without competition in the right area. So super crucial point in terms of that. Now, in the communication, there's another thing that's not just the actual feedback and the timing of the feedback, but there's also criteria, right? Could you explain the importance of criteria and how that helps you in securing off-markets and pre-markets? Yeah, that's that's another important uh, point as well. When, it, when we're speaking to real estate agents, we have this clear set criteria, for instance, as an example, like we don't purchase properties with swimming pools or too close to train tracks or busy roads. So those are snippets of some criteria that we have in our in our, our guidelines. And when speaking to agents, we, we, we mention this over the phone and also in writing in our emails and WhatsApp messages 
just so that they're not wasting their time when they when they sh share stock with us that may be apartments or townhouses or land size too small with pools. We really want to focus on, hey, we have buyers. This is their pricing. This is their criteria. If you have something, we have the buyers. Let's do business. And that way, the stock that comes to us will more likely pass and then we can re respond quicker and be like, let's proceed. And then from their side, they don't need to type out long emails or messages with addresses that don't pass our checks or have pools. It's just um, a matter of not wasting anyone's time, making it convenient for them and focusing on the stuff that we're interested in and the ones we have buyers for. So it's just a bit smoother that way. That smoothness is critical. Yeah. Right? Imagine if we don't set clear criterias and you become that guy that says no to every single stock, right? Game over. It's the right, <laughs> it's the right decision to make for the client. But in a relationship setting environment, it's not helpful. So you've got to limit the number of times we say no to someone because you don't want to be the hardest person to get along with, right? So we might as well let them know of our expectations up front and keep that criteria in check and educate them on that because then from a relationship management perspective, sure, there might be less coming to us. I get that. And that's okay because we're not going to buy property that we don't you know, fit in terms of our criteria. So might as well let them know at some point. But that structured criteria allows you to then reduce the amount of no's, increase the amount of yes, and you're the cool guy in the group all of a sudden, right? So um, very, very uh, powerful point for you to share. AJ, what's the last one that you've got for us to share in terms of the secrets to getting often pre-market properties? Lucky last, I've got don't forget the boring stuff. You got to have a tidy data record. When you're making all these phone calls, you may have a handful of suburbs and regions that you're looking at. You've got top performing agents across all suburbs. Each suburb has 15 or 10 to 15 agents. That's like 50 plus contacts, names, numbers, emails, phone calls, which companies they work for. All of this data, it needs to be recorded neatly. And what I like to do is also have a notes column. I even go an extra step and I have a rating system. So like when I've spoken to the agent, I'll rate them one out of 10. Like, were they great to talk to? I'll give them an eight or a nine. If they don't, if they're like <laughs> off, if they're like I can't off, wait off for a illegal. Yeah, like sometimes I've had agents say like off markets are illegal or like we don't do off markets and they'll just cut the call on me. Like it's not the nicest to call these people again. So I might give them a two or a three and I'll move them to the bottom of the list. So like I, like it's really important to have that structure. So for the long run, it makes it easier for you to just look at your list. You know who your good people are. You just call them and it becomes just more friendly and be like, what do you have? So yeah, don't forget the boring stuff. Have a tidy data record. I can't wait for the uh, for the list to one day be leaked and then a few sales agents see themselves uh, <laughs> Hey, I'm a two. What the hell? AJ, why are you rating me a two? Like, <laughs> man, you, you, you've got the whole relationship thing down packed, AJ, giving ratings to agents. Uh, mm, you know what? This person said uh, good morning uh, rather than hello. <laughs> I'm going to give them a nine out of 10. So sorry nice. to all our agent friends who are, who are listening to this. And It's all uh, on the vibes. We, it's all on the energy. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, great call, AJ. I think um, that boring stuff, I guess you're saying in a way it allows greater connectivity. It allows for more management of your data because if you're keen to nail a property, you're going to not want to make sure that your time's efficient and you're nailing it with the right discussions rather than letting that time go on, especially for like growing markets. People don't realize how short the windows are for booming areas. Some booming areas like the Hobarts of the world in Sydney and Orange lasted for about four or five years of, of consecutive growing double-digit gains, but in their respective cycles, so 12 to 17 for Sydney, 17 to 22 for Hobart, 18 to 22 for Orange or 19, 22. So in the 
world of booms, they typically are one to two years. So, you know, six months can fly of you trying to look for a place and calling people. So make that the best it can be with all of these tips. Any other points on that last point that we perhaps missed, AJ, or or you want to cover off before we uh, go through a bit of a recap of them all? Just remember, like another scenario that links to the, the data record and having a tidy data record and, and the notes is that I, I've had a couple scenarios where I've spoken to a good agent they have stock coming up, but it's not next week or the week after. It's like six weeks away or eight weeks away. So what I would do is in like the day I call them, I'll make a note of which date they mentioned that they will have something. And then in the notes section next to their name, I would write, call this agent on this date, has this something coming up. So that data record really helps with it. Sometimes it, it will be instantly rewarding when you speak to agents, but it will also help you to be on top of the nurturing process to know which which agents to keep in touch with um, as since they've mentioned they have something coming and you kind of just like nurture, 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 and then the time comes where they have it. And then you've got VIP access just by you having that note and, and keeping in touch with them. No one else knows about it other than you. And then if it passes checks, it passes checks and you go from there. So um, I've had that experience a couple of times. AJ, four awesome strategies and tips here. I uh, really appreciate you sharing that last experience as well. So just to recap, strategic activity through numbers, hit the books, hit them hard, 10 to 15 people on average, good quality connects, not just a chat, is starting to get to that one to two properties that pass checks and many others that won't pass checks. Then it's also key to target those more high performing agents from quantity and really setting aside some time blocks will help. Relationship building with top performing agents, whether that's the wine and dine, whether that's the catch-ups, the connects, the milestones, AJ's dating advice for agents will uh, truly help out. And lastly, the two final points, make the experience of dealing with you convenient, whether that's methods of communications, whether that's speed of feedback, whether that's communication on what doesn't work out, be honest, be upfront, but be pleasantly honest. Obviously, you don't want to say it's just a crap property. Give them that feedback that's constructive as to why it may not work for you. And lastly, don't forget the boring stuff. Have a tidy record of your data, understanding that people may not have stock levels right now. Agents may have things coming up or maybe not the style of agent that best works with you or maybe gives you the stock or believes in off markets because remember domain and real estate have produced data that suggests that off markets on average don't go for as what they could do if they have a full-blown campaign so that is the world and the secrets of off markets thank you aj so much for your input here uh, as the head of acquisitions at investigate leading a team that does a phenomenal job at you know comparable sale analysis securing stock off market due diligence this is um, all very exciting and I no doubt think it will help many uh, other professionals that might be watching this or viewing this, but even the day-to-day -day investors who are trying to crack that off market for their own journey or want to get to know a bit more about what we do at Investikit. And if any of this stuff sounds too complicated, maybe you're after some help and you go, hey, there's a lot of things that go into it. In fact, AJ and a you know, team of four in total, including AJ, are in the acquisitions world trying to solve this every day for our many buyers. This is a full-time job for them. This is a full-time you know, focus to nail the world of off-markets, pre-markets, and comparable analysis. Um, reach out to us, investikit.com.au, and you can book in a free consultation and learn more about the rest of our service in terms of research and see if we're fit to help you as your buyer's agent for investing in property. Thanks again, AJ. Take care and have a good one. Thank you.